You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to RenewLifeChurch.com. Hey, I'm so happy to be here with you today. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Keith, and I am the campus pastor in Lubbock and a part of the teaching team. And so uh, I get to come down here once a month or maybe a little bit more sometimes and, and get to preach to you right now. Cody is up in Lubbock preaching to, uh, to my campus. And so uh, we kind of did the switcheroo. Um, but have you ever had a moment in your life where you knew you just didn't hear the Lord? Because that's what happened to me and Cody when we planned this on the day of daylight savings time. I said, oh, well, while on daylight savings time, when we get a less hour, one less hour of sleep, let's drive what, are, what it was, it's, I'm barely here is what I'm saying, all right? So y'all just, y'all get ready, okay? Look at your neighbor and say, get ready. There's no telling what he's gonna say, all right? Um, no, I'm, I'm happy to be with you. And today I want, I wanna talk to you around a subject I've been talking about for the past week. Kind of opened up this message in, um, in Lubbock a week ago. Then we even got, I felt impressed by the Lord to actually talk about this subject in all of our home churches this week. And uh, so it's just been this culmination of what I believe the Lord is, is kind of uh, breaking loose, what he's doing in our community. And um, I, I believe it's, it's going to do the same here today. I want to talk to you around the, uh, a subject that you, that you all love and that you all like. I want to talk to you about worship today. I want us to talk about worship. I know Cody has, um, he, he's kind of jumped in and out of this subject before. And I kind of want to do a, a, the best I can to come from a, a different perspective. I really want to talk to you about worship because um, if we were all to be honest, worship is, is kind, of a, it's kind of a big subject, isn't it? Worship is a very interesting subject. There's a lot of things that happen during worship. I mean, when you, what was just happening even in this service, when you gather in a room like this and you, you get involved in corporate worship, how many know there's a lot of things going on in the room? During worship, there's a lot of things going on inside of you. There's a lot of things going on inside of the people around you. There's people jumping around you. There's people clapping around you. There's people shouting. If you go to the back, there may be flags. I mean, there's all kinds of things happening during worship. You know what I've discovered about worship is there's a lot of opinions around worship. What, in fact, what's okay during worship and what isn't? What is worship? What does it mean to truly worship God? Like for real, for real, worship God. What's happening in the room? What's happening in us? What, what is supposed to be, to be happening? Are fog, fog machines okay? Can we, can we have fog machines in worship? Seems like the Lord shows up more when there's a fog machine. Can we have a fog machine? <laughs> I mean, how, how far can we go? Denominations can sometimes, they're, they're literally denominations because of their view on what is acceptable during worship. And so my point to you today is that worship is a big subject. It's a very interesting subject. It's a very opinionated subject. And so today I have two goals as I share this message with you. Number one, I actually want to bring clarity to what worship really is. And I don't, wanna, I don't, want, I don't wanna talk about what worship is because it's, it's the thing that I like or it's my preference. 
I want us to discover what, what scripture actually says about worship. What does scripture say worship should be? Because that's the way that worship should be. It shouldn't be what we like. It shouldn't be the music that we like. It shouldn't be what we feel is right. It shouldn't be for the extroverts or the introverts. It shouldn't be for the ones who like to stand and the ones who like to sit. No, worship should be what scripture says worship should be. What does Jesus actually say about worship? So I want to kind of bring some clarity to that. But number two, what I'm, what I'm hoping for more than anything else is that today this message actually leads you closer to him. See, we're going to be talking about worship, but I'm not talking about worship for worship's sake. I want to talk to you about worship and what it means to truly worship because ultimately I want you to be able to connect to God in a way that you've never connected to him before. Make no mistakes about it. And if you don't hear anything else today, I want you to hear this. Worship is about God. Worship is about him. Worship is not about us. Worship is not about the people around us. Worship is not about how good the music is or how good the music or how bad the music is. It is not about if there's one electric guitar, two electric guitars, or fog machines, or no fog machines. That is not what worship is about. Worship is about one thing. Worship is about you and him. That was two things, but you get what I'm saying? It's about connecting to him. It's about getting an intimate relationship with him. And I believe there's nothing that can actually do that more than worship. If you have your Bible, open up to John chapter 4. We're going to be in verses 21 through 24 today. It's going to kind of be our main text. And I, I wanted to bring out this scripture because this is where Jesus actually begins to um, talk to us about what worship really is. I'm going to go ahead and say this out loud so that I do it. Camera team, I'm going to keep it slow. Hey, don't be, don't be thumbs up at me like with sarcasm. I see what you're doing back there. They can't stand me because I literally jog across the stage and sprint the whole time. I'm going to just control my emotions this morning, all right? Just felt like I needed to say that. I'm going to read this whole scripture, and I'm going to stand right here and not even move. Here's your chance to take a five-second nap, camera people. Okay, moving on. It's so hard. I want to move already. Okay, John, I'm going to grip it and just stay. John chapter four, this is um, Jesus talking to us about worship and we jump into a story that, that many of us know and it's a story of Jesus and his interaction with the woman at the well. And, and I love this story, uh, there's, there's a lot of things in it that we can pull out, uh, but, but kind of just to give you a quick little breakdown, remember Jesus meets this woman at the well, remember Jesus being a Jew, she's a Samaritan, those two people groups don't interact very well. And, um, and Jesus just starts to read this woman's mail. I mean, she, he just begins to tell her things about her life that nobody else should know. Remember, they have the interaction, and, and he, says, <clears throat> he says, oh, yeah, you're right. You don't have a husband because you've had five, and the man that you're living with right now ain't even your husband. And I love the next line. You know what she says next? You must be a prophet. He's like, yeah, I am. And then she does what all of us love to do just as people, as humanity. You know what she does to Jesus? She completely changes the subject. 
She literally, it's like, your kids ever change the subject on you? Like, hey, why did you do that? He's like, can I have a piece of fruit? I'm like, I was talking to you about something. He's trying to get a point across here. That's literally what this lady does to Jesus. And she asked this question about worship. I'm glad we see this interaction because it, Jesus begins to teach us about worship. And she says this, she says, hey, Jesus, you know, um, we Samaritans, we believe that it's okay for us to worship on this mountain. We've been doing this for generation after generation, but you Jews say the only real place to worship is in Jerusalem. Where, where are we supposed to worship? And then Jesus does what only Jesus can do. He answers the question without answering the question. Look at verse 21. He said, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when, when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one that you worship. And I just wanna take a quick second and pause right here. I want you to notice something that Jesus does. He draws a correlation between what you know about him and your worship. See, th there's something that happens. The more you know about him, the more that you have to worship. The more you fall in love with him, the more that you have to work. To know him is to love him. The more that you know him, the more truth that you have. Jesus was kind of trying to teach her, hey, you know, you don't even really know about the one that you're worshiping. I appreciate your worship, but the more that you know, the more that you have to worship. He says, you know very little about the one you worship while we Jews know all about him for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers, look at your neighbor and say true worshipers. The time is coming when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And notice this next line. Jesus says this, the Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. How many of you want to be people the Father is looking for? He said the Father, our Father God, he's looking for people who worship in spirit and truth. Those are the true worshipers. He says, for God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. I'm so done standing still. The title of today's message is the... <laughs> Thank you, someone timed me, I really appreciate that. <laughs> I'll get that after service, okay? That's about what I ran my 40 time in, is three minutes and 50 seconds. Okay, um, moving on, this one football joke and we're moving, right? Hey, the title of today's message is The Father is Looking, The Father is Looking. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you for your word. We thank you that it is life, it's powerful. And we just commit to you by faith, even before we hear the full message that if our life is not lining up with your word, we choose your word over the way we've been living our life. <laughs> we say, move in our heart. We say, show us new things. And before we even hear it today, we say, oh yeah, we got, it. We got good soil for you to land on. And we're gonna, we're gonna have a harvest from this word today. Holy Spirit, we invite you here to lead and to guide us into all truth. In Jesus' name, if you agree, say amen. Amen, amen. I wanna take you back to just a moment when you were a kid. How many of you remember uh, a time where your parents made you go and apologize for something bad you did? Anybody remember those times where your parents were just like, they're like, hey, go, go apologize. 
those were some of the worst times in your life, right? It's like, oh man, that means I have to admit what I did, right? I, this, this recently happened with my middle son, Stratton. He's six. And uh, one day he was out there all playing with the friends in the front yard. And he just decided to walk over to the neighbor's yard. He found himself a new plant slash bush that had just been planted by the neighbor. And in his mind, he said, I want to destroy it. And so just like in every other man, we just like to destroy things for no reason, right? Just like, I kind of want to break that. I'm not sure why, right? And he's looking, at, he's looking at this bush and he just starts jumping on it and shreds it to pieces, breaks it all, whatever, and just completely destroys our neighbor's garden, you know, a part of it. One night, I guess it was that same night, um, Stratton, I hear him come running down the stairs and he comes in, he's like, Dad, Dad I, have to, I have to tell you something. It's like, um, I... I, uh, the, uh, the other, um, the, the, um, the, the other day, dad, <laughs> I was like, hold, hold on a second. You were, you're about to, you're about to say something. What, what were you saying? He's like, well, I, um, I, I accidentally jumped on the neighbor's bush. It's like, let's stop right there. You didn't accidentally do anything. So just go ahead and say what you did. He's like, I jumped on the neighbor's bush and I broke all the branches off. And I was like, why, why, would, Strat, why, why would you do that? And he just looks straight at me and he goes, I don't know. <laughs> and I looked straight back at him. I was like, I get it, man. I, <laughs> I was there once. I, I understand. You just saw it and it's just, it, you didn't think much. You just jumped, you know what I mean? And it was, so, it was actually really, really cute because he came down and he was like, the, God, God told me to tell you something. And then I later found out it wasn't God, it was his big brother. But he, you know, <laughs> you need to go tell dad what you did. He should have said, you need to go tell dad what you do. You know, like, so I told him, I was like, hey, it's too late. I just don't feel like going through the whole spanking routine. So you're just going to get one tomorrow, which is fantastic. Because then he had to sleep it off. You know what I'm saying? And then I said, and what we're going to do tomorrow is we're going to wake up. And I'm, we're going to walk over to the neighbors. And you're going to knock on the door. And you're going to tell her what you did and then you're going to apologize and then you're going to offer to pay for it with your birthday money. Come on somebody, that's good parenting. <laughs> so we woke up the next day and we kind of went through the other day and I was like, hey, it's time bro. And he knew as soon as I said what was about to happen. So we, long story short, we walk over there, he apologized. I mean the guy has, he's lost both of his front teeth, like who's not going to forgive him, I'm right? He just, he walks in, he says, sorry, but I, I'm, I'm sitting there watching him apologize and he has true regret. Like he really, he's sincere, he's genuine about his apology. She forgives him. He doesn't have to use his birthday money. Everything's fine. But I was, as a father, I was looking for him to, to actually feel sorry. When he, when, he, when he made that apology, I wanted him to mean it. Anybody ever apologized to someone and you didn't mean it? Mom and dad come to you and say, well, apologize to your brother. Apologize to your sister. You don't even pronounce the Y in sorry. You're like, sir. <laughs> and you did not mean it. And we would, we, here's the thing. All of us in this room, you know, we would, we would actually all agree that if you apologize to someone and you don't mean it, it doesn't count. Right? You need to mean it. 
this is what Jesus was teaching us about worship. This is what he was teaching this woman about worship. He was saying, Jesus was teaching this, the Father is looking for people who will worship him and mean it when they do it. That that, that there's some emotion involved, that there's 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 a genuineness, there's a sincerity about your worship. This is why he goes on and he says, uh, you're supposed to worship God in spirit and in truth. You know what that word spirit, when you translate what that actually means, it actually is translated to mean your soul. Let me give you a term that we're more familiar with. It actually means your heart. Jesus said the Father is looking for people who will worship him with their heart. Newsflash, emotions are okay. It's okay for your emotions to be involved in your worship. It's okay for you to feel something. It's okay for you to cry. It's okay for you to jump. It's okay for you to shout. It's okay for you to get passionate. Because you know what? True worshipers, they worship with their soul. They worship with their emotion. They worship with with this thing on the inside of them, this, this, this part of their being that does the same thing. It's it's the part of your being that makes you lose your mind when your sports team scores a touchdown. Don't tell me you ain't got it, because I've seen you. When Tech does their thing, you're you're losing your mind. When Texas, Texas A&M, LSU, who else am I missing? TCU, you, 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 you you go after it. We don't have to teach people to cheer at ball games because it's natural. There's this part of you that Jesus teaches us that we're supposed to use when we worship. It's called our soul. It's called our emotions. You want to know why you cry every time you come to church here on Sunday? Come on, just admit it. If you cry every time you come, just raise your hand. It's like, yep. And y'all ever just come to church, y'all are just on your way to church like, I just don't want to cry today. You ever thought that? If I cry one more time in service, like I'm tired of people looking at me, like I promise I'm okay. I'm just, I don't know why, I'm just crying. You want to know why you're crying? Because you're worshiping with your soul. You want to know why, guys, you got your hands in your pockets and on the inside, they're shaking like this, trying to get out? And some of y'all wearing them Wranglers and they're hard to get out anyway, but I'm just, (laughs) they're trying. You're gonna rip a finger off or so much starch on those things. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I've made fun of my skinny jeans enough. It's time for me to make fun of your jeans, all right? You don't know why there's just this thing going on inside of you. You're like, oh man, like it's because God created you that way. And he wants you to worship him with everything that you are. Spirit, soul, and body. And I really just came today to tell you, you know what? It's okay. Because Jesus actually taught that's the way true worshipers worship. They worship with their soul. I've kind of got, you know, I don't really have to explain this to you, but many of you know I'm kind of an emotional guy kind of have the whole emotion thing going on, you know? They kind of come a little bit easy to me. 
And I think the church has done a bad job of preaching against emotions. They, they preach against the emotions. You, even, even they te- teach pastors, don't, don't produce an emotional response when it comes to salvation because it's just the emotion that's making people raise their hand and it won't last. Okay, let me, let me just say this. It's, stop preaching. We, we need to stop preaching against emotions. Your emotions are not bad. Sorry, but there was someone up there that created you with them emotions. So the truth is, can you trust your emotions every single time? No. Do your emotions lie to you sometimes? Yes. Do they tell the truth sometimes? Yes. He gave us this part because it's actually when we begin to worship with our emotions that we connect. That's when we connect to him. And Jesus said, hey, I I want you to worship with that soul part of of your being. Worship me with that soul. I want you to mean it. Be genuine. In fact, just so you know, the Father's looking for it. He's looking for that. Now, I want to give my one disclaimer for the message today. What I am not saying is that everyone has to jump and that everyone has to raise their hands and that everyone has to start shouting and that everyone has to start clapping. Now, I will say, if you'll just kind of move over to this side of the sanctuary, you'll probably jump. We got a lot of jumpers over here. I almost kind of want to take credit that I was the jump starter. <clears throat> but not everybody has to do that. But what, <laughs> you're welcome, Neil. <laughs> he said, thank you. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> you, know why, you know why most of us jump? It's because it's the only moves that white people can really do. It's just like, <laughs> I feel like I'm dancing. I feel like I got rhythm right now. That's all I can really do. It's just true. Come on, let's just be honest. (laughs) Let me say, it's the only move that this white person can do. Maybe I should say it that way. I'm not saying that it has to look like something. But I am saying that he wants you to, that he requires you to worship with your emotions. And whatever that looks like is the thing that you should obey. When the Holy Spirit says, you know it, raise your hands. Put your hands up, get down on your knees, bow down. Dude, he's, he's, he's prompting you to give God the worship that he deserves. Now, I love um, <clears throat> Charles Spurgeon said this. He's a very, very popular Baptist preacher from back in the day. Uh, many theologians follow him and got some stuff from him. And, and, and look at what he said. He said, God is to be praised with the voice and the heart should go therewith in holy exaltation. You praise with your voice and your heart is attached. Bill Johnson said this about worshiping in the spirit. He said, worshiping in spirit is a partnering with the Holy Spirit to glorify Jesus. You know what it means to worship with your spirit? The best way I can explain it, (laughs) worship him with all this all this in here. That's what he gets. Mark chapter 12 says, love the Lord your God with all your, come on, say it, heart. What? Kind of, just in case you didn't get it, he goes on and says, and with all your soul. 
all your soul. Heart, notice the two words, heart and soul. Mind, strength. He's pointing out all these parts of you that he's called you to love him with. It's scriptural. We love him, we worship him with our heart, with our emotions, with our soul. Now, <clears throat> Jesus didn't stop explaining worship with worship in the spirit. What else did he say we should worship in? He said we should worship in spirit and in, and in truth. What does it mean to worship him in truth? I think it means a couple things. Number one, quite frankly, it just means that we should worship him in scriptural truth. We need to be singing things that the Bible says to sing. We need to be sing singing things that are truthful about him. And it also means that we see, seeing things that are truthful about him, even if we're not experiencing it in our life yet. Despite how we feel, despite our circumstances, despite our experience, we sing what is true about him. So when that song Champion comes on and we're all singing, when I open up my mouth, miracles start breaking out. And, you, and you're like, I ain't seen a miracle break out ever out my mouth. I've seen others, heard other things break out my mouth, but definitely not a miracle. You sing it anyway because it's not about your truth, it's about his truth. And we worship in truth. That's one thing I love about worship is that it actually gets, his, it gets the people of God declaring things about him and about yourself that you wouldn't rather, that you're not declaring about yourself outside of a worship set. See, you know what I love about worship? It just makes declarations sound amazing. Like try this, get in your car all by yourself and just say, when I open my, up my mouth, miracles start breaking out. It's gonna sound good. Oh, but listen to the song and say it, it's gonna sound real good. And it's almost like God has given us a favor. He's given us the gift of worship that enables us to sing about him and to say about him. I'm telling you right now, you are experiencing things in your life. There have been doors that have been opened to you. I'm speaking prophetically right now. There have been doors that have been opened to you because of the worship songs that you've sang in this place because of the things you've said about yourself, because of the things you've said about him, you're actually experiencing those now because of years ago, you were saying it out of your mouth. It's what, it's, this is the beauty of worship, that we worship in truth, we worship him in his truth. But I also think that, and I believe that when it says to worship in truth, that it also means we worship him in our truest self and with our truest self. Here's what I mean. It means that we're real about ourselves and our worship. It means there's nothing's getting held back. Our heart is completely open to him. It's simply to worship in truth means to say, Lord, here I am. Here I am in my mess up. Here I am in my mistakes. Here I am in my sin. Here I am in my gossip. Here I am in my lack of wisdom. Here I am in my imperfection. Here I am in my, but you know what, Lord, this is, this is me. This is me. It's been so many times I've come into church and initially I did not feel like worshiping. You know what, I just told God that. Lord, I don't, I don't really feel like worshiping today. So I'm just gonna do it anyway. 
the feelings aren't there. Well, I've been through so many worship sets where there were no feelings, no emotions. But I'm real and I said, Lord, I'm, I don't need a feeling to worship. I don't need a feeling to lift my hands. I don't need a feeling to shout. I don't need a feeling to clap. And I'll even say this, guess what? Sometimes the feelings don't come until you lift your hands, until you shout, until you clap, until you say, come on soul. It's time for you to worship. It's time for you to give him the praise that he deserves. I don't care if you're tired. I don't care if you're going through hell in your life. It's time for you to worship. Open your mouth and sing. Out of tune, sing, just sing. But, but, I'm, but I'm real with him. I'm not fake with him. I'm not just going through the motions. The best of my ability, I'm not going through the motions with him. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, you know what, Lord, I'm, I'm not really feeling you, but you're worthy of my praise. Romans 12:1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, to offer your bodies as a, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Notice what he says. Notice what, what Paul says to offer. Offer your body. Sometimes it starts with just offering the one hand. The one hand. Anybody ever start out with the one hand? Then it led to the two hand. Then it, then it led to the wipe the windows. <laughs> then it led to the carry the TV. I'm still in that from a, a Christian comedian, just so you guys know. <clears throat> Scripture actually talks about what we do with our physical body in worship. It actually gives us uh, examples and a representation. Man, I'm just here to break some religion off of you today if you got it. Like, like, don't feel shame, don't feel condemnation. You just need, here's what I know about West Texas people. If they see it in scripture, they'll do it. Just show me in the Bible. <clears throat> I'm about to show you in the Bible what he says. Psalm 95.6, come, let us worship and bow down. Do you know the word worship in the Hebrew, it actually means to bow down. It means to bow down in homage to, respect, honor. Notice he says, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. There's a bowing down sometimes. There's a kneeling sometimes. Psalm 63 says, because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. Psalm 47, clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God, shout to him, shout to God, shout to him with a loud voice, 
with joy, with happiness. Thank you, Jesus. We shout and we celebrate because he's worthy. He's so worthy. And we don't shout for show. We shout because he's worthy. He said, shout for him. Man, shout. It says, shout to God with loud songs of joy. Some of y'all are like, why is it so loud at Renew Life? It's because Psalms said to be loud. That's why we got earplugs for you. If it's a little bit too loud, that's fine. Plug them in, bring the decibels down, and lift your hands. Plug them in, lift your hands. We're good. Clap your hands. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. Second Samuel 6. A story about David that you probably all know. It said David and all the people of Israel were celebrating before the Lord, singing songs and playing all kinds of musical instruments. Lyres, harps, tambourines, castanets, and cymbals. Singing songs, playing all kinds of musical instruments. You skip down to verse 14, it says, And David danced. And David danced before the Lord, look at this, with all his might. He danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. So David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and the blowing of ram's horns. This is David, this is the king. This isn't just some regular Joe in the kingdom who just happened to get crazy and shout and dance for God. This is the leader, the one who's supposed to be stoic and strong and someone to look up to and never show weakness. Oh, especially, not, let's not show any vulnerability. That's the one who let himself go and worship. He's the one who danced. You know, as the story goes, um, <clears throat> actually David was a soon-to-be king, but the story goes, there was this girl who, was, who kind of reprimanded David. It's like, hey, don't, don't you know you were in the robe? You kind of like exposed yourself to everybody while you were worshiping. Don't you think you, you should have thought of that? And this is David's response to her. He says, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and all his family. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord. So I celebrate before the Lord. And notice this next line. He said, yeah, and I'm willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. But those servant girls you mentioned, they will indeed think I am distinguished. You know what David was saying? He said, I don't care what you think. I would become even more vulnerable, even more undignified because he's been so good to me. I'm not the king of Israel because of me. I'm the king of Israel because of him. Look at all the good things that he's done in my life. Look at all the good things that he's done in your life. And so I'm gonna dance and I'm gonna shout and I'm gonna sing. I don't care what you think. I care what he thinks. I care what he thinks. Yeah. 
worshiping in spirit and truth right there. That's what that is. You know, I've just, I've learned this in my life. I've just, through my own experiences, like the Lord is just, he hasn't let me stay. He, he, he didn't let me stay a one-hander all, all, all my life. Y'all know what I'm talking about? He didn't let me stay a one-hand worshiper. He moved me to two. He moved me to jumping. He moved me to clapping. He moved me to shouting. Why? Because number one, he was worthy of it. And number two, some of you guys just need to, to hear this. Sometimes God's actually asking you to do something in worship because he wants to break the fear of man off of you. Just, just, just break that thing. Let's break that thing off. Husbands, your wife needs to see you worship. Dads, your kids need to see you worship. They need to see you worship. All three of my kids, they've, they, they all got the same move because when I'm driving, I'm kind of doing the point and singing in worship. And I just, it, about two years old, they all start going. <laughs> they can barely even point and they're just like, you know, with worship, more things are caught than they are taught. You just need to catch it. Come on, who wants to catch it today? You just need to catch some worship. You just need to, you just need that, the passion just needs to get on you. <clears throat> Some are like, well, are we gonna show up next week and Cody's gonna be sprinting around the building? Maybe. <laughs> That's the one I'm wanting to get to. I, I'm, I just can't quite, can't quite crack the, the room sprint. You know what I'm saying? I've been close at times, all right? Just so y'all know, in this room. I have, I have adopted the Bethany like jog in place stomp thing. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Where she's just up here and she's like singing. I'm like, how are you singing and doing that? And I'm like, oh, man, that looks so much fun. And all of a sudden one worship song, one time I was down there and all of a sudden here I go, boom, boom, boom. I'm like, that feels really, really good. I kind of like it. Kind of like it. jump, spin. I remember over in that office building one day I was worshiping in the office and I just felt like the Lord, I'd heard a message by Bill Johnson about jumping and spinning, like there's a scripture about it. And I was just in there by myself and I just did the best moves I could and I was jumping and I just like started spinning with the Lord and I was like this, I feel so awkward right now. I felt I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed. It did feel so good. It was this thing that just, there have been moments that I've had in worship where he just says, hey, I do this. And I just want you to know, I'm not, we're not looking for the crazy just for the crazy. That's not what, that's not what I'm saying. See, the Holy Spirit, he always keeps things in order. I've learned that about him. And all I'm saying is, the next time you feel an urge in worship, just give in to it. Just give in. If he's telling you to come up to the front and kneel down and worship, get your butt up here. Sorry, that's how I would say, that's what I would say myself. Get up there. Go, you got it, go. Just come up here and kneel, kneel before him. He's asking you to raise your hands, 
Raise your hands. If he says, hey, just sit down and soak, just, just receive it today. Sit down there and feel just okay, just as okay sitting down. And even during all hell, King Jesus, you can actually sit down and the Lord still loves you. Like, what, what's he saying? What? Would you stand with me today? I want to encourage you this week. Take, um, I'm just going to really, really, really easy to remember. I want you to take five minutes each day, and I just want you to turn your soul to Him. I want you to turn your affection to Him. I want to turn your heart. I want you to turn your heart to Him. And I'm actually going to, to encourage you to, act, to, to worship Him without a worship song. If you want to find some music that you can play behind you, you can do that. But I want you to like, I want you to worship Him with your words. I want you to worship Him with, the, with Scripture. Turn to a psalm and find a psalm where you just you begin to say the words of David or the psalmist, that's the, the author. Just begin to speak his words. Make them yours and just tell God, God, you're faithful. God, you're true. You won't leave me. You won't forsake me. You've got a plan for me to prosper me, not to harm me, but to give me a hope in a future. Like, God, thank you. And just begin to let worship come out of your mouth, come out of your heart. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.